Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. And feeling the heat of the city and knowing what was taking place, could have that been a persuasion for Lot's wife to turn and look back. Let me also just have you to ponder. I have nothing to back this or support this. I just want you to think this morning. Could it have been that the mount that God formally told them to go to was located in such a position in a place that even had they looked back, something would have obscured their view of the city. But because a man is willing to compromise and go out of the city, but not too far from the city. It already is starting some havoc in his family, already with his wife. He's already at a funeral now, burying his loved one, because he wasn't willing to go as far as God. Someone say amen. Wanted him to go. I believe in, I believe we ought to be friendly. We need to be friendly. Want to ooze with friendliness and love and all of that, and that is what we should be. We should be friendly to the greatest degree that we can be friendly. But there is new phrases and terminology I hear all the time in the church world talking about seeker, seeker friendly. And I guess that is great as long as you're not compromising. This. I'll love you. I'll be a friend to you. But if it comes to whether or not saying, well, it's not all that or it is all that concerning the doctrine of this word, I'm standing with the word. And that's not me being unkind. That's not me not being friendly. That's not me having love. I'm loving you more than you even know if I stand with his word. The Bible even speaks of God himself. He said he chastises those whom he loves. And so every once in a while I'm going to come to the pulpit and I'm going to read some word of God that's going to be a little bit like sandpaper to our souls and rub us a little wrong. And it's not because I'm unkind or unfriendly, but I want you to get a little bit further. Go a little farther. Don't stay too close to where you just came from. Someone say amen. Compromise is not good. It's not good. I got to go. We got to, someone say run. run. Let's do it. Exodus chapter number 10. Exodus chapter number 10, verse number seven. The Bible says, and Pharaoh's servant said unto him, how long shall this man be a snare unto us? Some of his counselors talking to Pharaoh saying, how long Moses and these people, they're going to be, because plagues are still coming. Seems like there isn't any relief. And they say, Here's what we need to do concerning their plea about going. Let the men go, that they may serve the Lord their God. Knowest thou not yet that the Egyptian, that Egypt is destroyed? The locusts just come up on the land, wreaked havoc upon the land. Said, so, man, Egypt is getting destroyed and all this. Let the men go. And Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh, and he said to them, He said, Go serve the Lord your God. But here's the question Go serve the Lord. But who are they that shall go? He says, go, but who are you all taking with you? We'll let you go, but who are you all taking with you? Uh-huh. Moses said, we will go with our, aunt, our young and with our old, with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks, with our herds, 
will we go for we must hold a feast unto the Lord and he said unto them let the Lord be so with you as I will he's being a little sarcastic here as I will let you go and your little ones look to it for evil is before you notice verse 11 not so he's being sarcastic like yeah you you all just go and go and let God be with you and then he follows up with like not <laughs> not so he says go now ye that are men and serve the Lord that, that, ye may, that ye did desire, for that ye did desire, and they were driven out from the presence of Pharaoh. So the cry of Pharaoh is this, I'll let you go, and your little ones, not so. So the matter is not yet solved with them, Sister Craig, because the matter is this, who all or what portion of you all are going? It became a matter of debate, and Pharaoh did not want to let the little ones go. Listen to me. It makes sense, doesn't it? That Pharaoh in the very beginning when he even began to see that Israel might be a threat to them, that he would say to the midwives, if there's any males born, he says, you kill them. Whenever that didn't work because there's two ladies of the midwives that was letting some pass through, he later said then, if there's any male child that's to be born, you throw those male children into the Nile River. Now listen to me. That was during the time whenever Moses was born. We have no word about that ever stopping because God's people never cried out. As a matter of fact, that very well could have taken place and continued for some 80 years until Moses came back to be a deliverer. That there were male babies being thrown into the river. Moses was spared by his mother, but when he came back as the deliverer at age number 80, the Bible says during that time in Exodus 2 that the children of Israel had finally cried out unto the Lord over what was taking place. Brother McGee, why didn't they cry out any sooner? Why didn't they cry out any sooner? Because once they went down into Egypt, they got accustomed to Egypt. Even at the expense of things that were important to them. And so we have all these years later, they're on the verge of going out, and Pharaoh says, you can all go, everybody can go, except why don't you just leave the kids right here? What are you saying, Pharaoh? I'm saying this, you all can go. But if I can keep the next generation here. You moms and dads, you can go. Life is coming to, to an end for you all. You're gonna be dying, pushing up tulips one of these days. But if I can keep all the future generation right here in Egypt. What are you saying today, Brother McGee? I'm saying Christ. And let me tell you, the devil isn't so much. He's grateful for the gray-headed and we need them, the middle-aged and all that. But he doesn't want the young people to be sold out at this stage in their life because that keeps in, 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 in protection. The next generation for serving, worshiping, sacrificing, adoring the Lord. He wants to keep a generation withheld so that when we all die off, there's nobody to stand in the gap. There's nobody to make up the hedge. There's nobody to continue on in this line Pharaoh says I've been murdering the kids I've been doing this but if I can retain the next generation of workers to support what I'm doing and build my kingdom that's what I'll compromise with someone say amen he said let the men go not the women let the men go children let, let them stay right here he says if you really have to serve the Lord that's fine that's, if you really got to serve the Lord, that's fine. But don't try to take your family with you. Uh -huh. Don't try to take your family with you. 
Maybe there's another venue with that. Maybe he thought that was the insurance policy that the men would come back if they left something in Egypt. Let me say this tonight, or this morning rather. The whole idea about whether the kids stay or leave Egypt at the level of being a child is not something you let the child make up his mind about. You hear what I'm saying? That was not the place for dad to go with his preteens and eight-year-olds and say, we're going to worship the Lord and serve, but if you want to, you can. But if you don't, you can just stay right. Parents, that's not a decision. That's not a decision for those kids that's not even reached according to the government the age of adult. That's not a decision for them to make. Somebody needs to arise as a Joshua in this hour and say, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. Somebody needs to be like the Philippian jailer in Acts 16 that not only was he saved and his household, his family. Why? Because if I go to serve my kids, my wife, my, we're all going. We're all going. I'm not going to leave anybody behind. We're all. There's been a breakdown in society because men have left the children in the background to do whatever they want. We need some men that says, honey, where I go, you're going to go. Let me teach you the language of worship to the Lord. See, here's the irony of the situation. We might go into overtime this morning. Here's the irony of the situation. It is known, known practice of the Egyptians in that day that when they had their own feast and their own festivals, their wife and their children accompanied them to their feast and festival where what was happening? Indoctrination about their religion and their gods. Reason here with me this morning, folks. If Egypt, if Egypt is taking their families for the indoctrination of what they support, how much more should the church be taking their family? Say, let's gather around and let me tell you where we came from. Let me tell you about the cross. Let me tell you about the blood. Let me tell you about the remission of sins. Let me tell you about the watery grave. Let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And if Egypt is going to do it, how much more should the church? How much more? <clears throat> One man said it very clear. He said, we can't do much about our ancestors. But we can our descendants. We got to build a family that's going to outlive us. Yes, we must. Pharaoh said, "Evil's before you." He's catching on here. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to relinquish any land here. I don't think they're going to bend or bow in here. This, this is more. This worship and serving God thing is more than just a worship serving God thing. This is an escape plan. That's under the, 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 the heading of worship. Under the heading of service. Let 
me tell you, if you'll get ardent and affectionate about your worship and your service to the Lord, it will become an escape plan. So we got a system of beliefs we got to perpetuate on to the next generation. Next generation. We got to watch the children. We, it's okay if they grab onto your coattail. They need to be. We, we got to watch what comes into their life or what their environments are. We can't make no compromises on that. Hear me? We got to keep out of our children's lives anything that will keep Christ out of theirs. You got to be careful with that. Y'all doing well? I'm doing great. Come on. Exodus 10, verse 24, a few verses down. This is the last last compromise that we see in Scripture between Pharaoh and Moses and Aaron. He says in verse 24, And Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye. Here we are again. Well, we've heard that more times than we can count. Go ye, serve the Lord. All right. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go what you see, this bouncing back and forth. It all started, it all started, serve the Lord here in Egypt. Then it was serve the Lord, but don't go too far. Then it was go on and go. But don't take your little ones. Now he says, go, take your little ones. But there's always one of those that comes in. When you're, if you're making any negotiations with the adversary, there's always going to be one of those. He says, you go on, take your family, take, take your children. But you just leave. You leave your flocks and your herds here. And Moses said, verse 25, and Moses said, thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us, and there shall not, I like this, because what, what Moses says in this little phrase here is no room for compromise. There shall not a hoof be left behind. I like that. That's great. He didn't say there's not going to be a cow left behind. He said there's not going to be a hoof. I mean, we're, just to let you know that we're not bending, there's not going to be a hoof left behind for therefore must we take to serve the Lord our God and we know not with what we must serve the Lord there, there's no law prescribing certain certain sacrifices right now they didn't have that to lean upon we don't know what the Lord is going to ask of us or require of us so we got to take we need all of our resources available because we don't know what the Lord's going to want and so their compromise statement is, let your flocks in your herd stay. Said, no, we're going three days journey into the wilderness, and we're not sure. We're not sure. For that matter, three days journey, we're going to need something to eat, and we're going to need some milk for our kids, the practical side of things. But on the spiritual side of things, we're going to need sacrifices to offer unto the Lord. Now, when you consider flocks and herd in that day, here's how we can bring that to modern day. That's your, that's your George Washington's Benjamin Franklin's. That's your livelihood. That's your resources. That's your money. Your livelihood. Those flocks and those herds. So we don't know what the Lord might require or what we might do to serve the Lord, but we got to keep all of our resources available. Otherwise, we will appear before the Lord empty-handed. We'll appear before the Lord with nothing. And so we're unsure, so we need it all. But what Egypt wanted them to do get tight here what Egypt wanted them to do is you go and you go with your families and you do all that but you let all your monetary support stay in Egypt well 
it's getting gray outside and it looks like the clouds are rolling in. He says, you'll go. Do you let your mind monetary support stay in Egypt? Oh, I'm feeling like I'm about ready to just meander into meddling. You, you know, oh, God help me. You know what, what, what astounds me, astounds me, Brother Fred, and I, I'm nothing against these things if there's proper balance with the house of God. You know what astounds me? I could take my kids, I could take my kids to the circus, pay, pay 30 bucks for them to have a seat, watch five rings, buy, buy popcorn for five bucks in a little bag that's no bigger than microwave popcorn, and put all the money in those things. And if I come to church and I give them two quarters to take the offering, they're going to grow up with the idea that Egypt has something better greater to offer because we're willing to invest more. We're, 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 we're going to church, but we'll leave our monetary support. Honey, if little Johnny can go get a bag of popcorn that's going to travel through his digestive system and go into the public sewer system, I should be able to give him $5 to put in the offering that's going to send some missionary from the United States to a tribal country where someone could be born again of the water and the spirit. There is nothing any more important than that. Honey, I'm going with my family. I'm going far from Egypt and I'm going with my substance because I don't know what God might need of my resources for his kingdom. There's no room for compromise in that. You say, well, Brother McGee, we were, just, we were just at the circus last November. That's great. And some of you that would say that, also give of your tithe and your offering. God bless you. I don't have no problem with that. I don't think God has any problem with that. But when you invest more in Egypt, then you do his kingdom. We have just built a platform of teaching for our kids. Everybody okay? I love you. I want to be transparent here for a moment, all right? Just transparent. My wife don't even know this. I think we all can relate to this sometime or another. Life's been a little bit hectic here lately. People have been in hospitals everywhere. Yeah. Felt like a pinball machine between Vincennes and Evansville and the hospitals at Evansville. Yeah. Life's real hectic. We had normally tried to have devotion with our kids at 8 o'clock at night. Life has just been so crazy. That's the excuse. That that hasn't gotten in every night, Brother Mason. But because that had been a part of our lives. Because it had been a part of our lives. Trevor was about ready to go to bed the other night. He looked at me and said, Dad, he said, you know that thing that we did and you had your iPad and you read off of it and we talked about it and all that stuff in this chair? I said, yeah. He said, what is it called? I said, you talking about devotion? He said, yeah. He said, I'd like to do that tonight. Now listen to me. That would have never came out of his mouth. Never. If we had never visited that area. But because we had visited that area. 
He was holding a level of accountability. I'd like to do that this evening. If we never, if we never mention things in our homes, if we, they never see you putting things in the, and I'm not, I'm, listen, you know me well enough. I don't come up here every, every other week and talk about money and the church isn't doing bad. We're all fine. God bless you. But what I'm telling you is this. These are some non-compromising, non-negotiable issues that we need to speak of. If they never see that, they're never going to know that there's any difference whenever it's not done and when it is done. He was able to say, man, I'd like to do that because it was a daily part of our night. Daily. Daily. You know, you get in a ritual that maybe your time is Wednesday, maybe it's Sunday morning, Wednesday night. Maybe it's every time you come to church. You give. You know what they're seeing? Every time I go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice normally Sunday for you I guarantee you but not, not to a T but I guarantee you there's a greater probability if your time is Sunday that you get to the Lord whenever they grow up Sunday morning when they're adults it's probably when they're going to do it okay I'm going I, I love y'all I don't want to you know you take the time right now that I'm, and I'll shorten it somewhere else it just happens that way it was important it was important Whenever they left Egypt, that all the people, the kids, the wife, everybody included, the flocks, the herds, all of it, to get out. All of it. The reason why it was important for all of them to get out, listen to me very clearly, is because they had been met perhaps with a certain juncture like this before, but they had made a mistake. What are you saying? I'm saying before, before Jacob, before Jacob died, father of the 12 tribes before he died he requested to Joseph he said Joseph whenever I die you take my remains you take my bones you go back to our land the land of promise and you bury my bones there you bury us there so when Joseph died or rather Jacob died Joseph gets leave gets his brothers together the other tribes together there's something I want you to notice about this. And you can read in the book of Genesis. Whenever this is happening, the famine of the land has ended. The famine of the land is over. There is no need for the provision that's been stockpiled in Egypt by Joseph any longer. Are you hearing me? The famine is over. In other words, it would have been no problem for Joseph and those families to return to the land God had for them at that point in time when they took Jacob back to bury him they're going there to bury their dad but they could have went back to the promised land at that time there's no famine going on at all and here's the mistake that they made having that opportunity but not seizing it the bible says in genesis 50 and verse 8 they're going to take jacob back bury him the bible says in all the house of joseph and his brethren and his father's house only their little ones and their flocks and their herds they left in the land of Goshen, which is in Egypt. Famine's over. They could all went back to the place that God said, that's where I want you. But instead, they went, left the kids in Egypt, left the flocks in Egypt, left the herds in Egypt. Why? Because somewhere along the process, they had grown accustomed 
to what Egypt had to offer. And it ensnared them. They had fallen in love with Egypt. And that Egypt later that they fell in love with would be the Egypt that eventually took them into bondage. The very bondage that now in Exodus they're trying to get out of with their kids, with their herds. If you'd stand with me tonight or this morning, I got my days and nights mixed up. And so with that in mind, folks, yes, we will leave with our family. Mm -hmm. Yes, we will leave with our possessions because otherwise our service to the Lord, Bishop, may be somewhat inadequate, may even be short-lived because I find sometimes service and dedication and sacrifice to God is short-lived if we don't separate everything that is attached to us from where we once were. There's no room for compromise. Ladies and gentlemen, you never win at compromising your values. You never win at compromising those things that God has stated in his word as being non-negotiables. For that matter, I'll state this as boldly as possible. You've already lost when you start making concessions with the world. With who you're going to be identified with and who has the ultimate control in your life. You already lose when you give a little. Because he don't know how to take an inch and not take a mile. He don't know how to do that. I'm calling us this morning with our heads bowed today. I'm calling us to a place of no room for compromise in our relationship with the Lord. I'm calling, I'm calling us today to a place that says I'm going to come out from among and I'm going to not just stay nearby. I'm going at great distance. I'm calling men in this place of heads of their families and homes. And if you don't have any children, that's fine. Let me tell you, the decisive moment about what you're going to do doesn't take place when that first child comes in your home anyway. It happens before he, you ever had the first cry in your home. Oh, yeah. You make decisions. It's not just going to be me and honey cakes here. It's going to be us and the babies. It's going to be us and the family. And we're going to go. We're going to go. The Bible speaks in the Old Testament of how, how all the wealth that we have anyway has come from the Lord. You hear me? The Bible speaks about how all those things we have anyway. In the Old Testament, that those things, that the wealth that we have, it's come from the Lord anyway. There, then is, there's nothing wrong then. Just returning back to God, something that came from Him anyhow. And make some investment in the kingdom of the Lord, the church of the living God. And have a sacrifice. Don't appear before him empty-handed. And honor the Lord with the substance that he's endowed you with, given you the health and the strength in your body and a brain that could function in order to get the degree that you got, to get the employment that you have. There's nothing wrong with returning a segment of that back to the Lord. Amen. So bring your flocks, bring your herds. There's no room for compromise this morning. These altars are open, whether we're young or old, whether that's where you are this morning and where you, where, where, maybe that's not where you are. You're saying, I got all this in a bag this morning. I got this down. That's great. But let me tell you, there will come another day, another hour, that the enemy's going to show up at the door of your soul wishing to try to get a deal. Let's make a deal, McGee. Let's make a deal. Let's, how about you kids? Let, let's make a deal. Why don't you just not go too far? You've really been expending yourself a little bit too much concerning the church aspect why don't you just just step down from that a little bit and not go as far you've been going it'll be all right no room no room for compromise this morning 
Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.